Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome you to this insightful panel discussion on investing in shipping, a topic that uh, has never been more relevant given the dynamic and challenging landscape of the global shipping industry. Today, we are joined by a distinguished panel of experts who bring a wealth of knowledge and experience from various segments of the shipping world. Their diverse backgrounds will undoubtedly enrich our conversation and provide us with a comprehensive understanding of the opportunities and challenges in the maritime investments. Let me allow me to introduce the panelists. Mr. Aristides Pitas, Chairman and CEO of Eurosis Limited and Eurodry Limited. Mr. Ronis Kiberesis, Head of Finance of Pelagic Partners and CFO at Hartmann Holdings. And Mr. Hans Oosthaberg, partner at Soul Shipping. As we navigate through a period marked by significant, by significant technological advancements, environmental considerations, and geopolitical complexities, the shipping industry stands at the cusp of, of transformation. From the implementation of the EU emission trading system, which is reshaping operational and financial strategies, to the impact of geopolitical tensions on trade patterns, uh, the industry is facing a myriad of challenges and opportunities. Today, we will delve into some of the hottest topics of the shipping industry, including the segments that currently present the best investment opportunities, innovative investment structures, and the evolving landscape of financing options. We will also explore the implications of regulatory changes and how technological innovations like AI and clean energy sources are influencing the industry. To begin, I would like to invite each of our esteemed panelists to share their perspectives on which shipping segments they believe offer the most promising opportunities for investors in the current global economic landscape. Let's start with Mr. Pitas. How do you see the current investment opportunities. Thank you, Andrea. Good afternoon to everybody. This is a very tough question to answer. Uh, luckily, at this time, I think that most shipping segments are doing quite well, uh, and uh, people are making money. The problem is what happens going forward. It all depends at the end of the day on how this world is evolving, how this world is growing, and if we have continuous uh, growth, or if we have geopolitical issues like the ones we currently have and are part of the reason why the markets are doing so well. So not knowing the geopolitical uh, developments and not being able to judge how long the current situations and the wars will last, uh, it's very difficult to make a prediction, uh, as is with the global GDP. But the IMF and all the other big analysts estimate that the next couple of years we will have a decent global GDP growth. Uh, therefore, I think that we will in general have decent markets in all the sectors. One more thing, uh, 
usually the fantastic times, which sometimes come, they don't come that often, but they do come in shipping, they come when we come out of a very tough time. Right now, nothing is really tough, so I don't think that we will see anything extremely fantastic as well. But that is a first comment, and I can make more comments later. Thank you, Aristides. Let's hear from Mr. Kiberesis. Considering your experience with Pelagic Partner, how do you assess the, inv the investment opportunities? Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for the invitation. Um, firstly, uh, let me say that Pelagic Partners were alternative investment fund management company regulated by Cyprus uh, Security and Exchange Commission, so we're quite regulated. Um, we have an obligation towards our investors. Um, we, uh, we don't believe that uh, the investment strategy has changed the last years or is different than the one that has been 10 years ago. The fundamentals should always be examined and are there when it comes to uh, either capital adequacy, um, the market sentiment, uh, and all that. Um, but we do believe in diversification, first of all, in order to spread out uh, the risk, um, and also to invest in markets that you have the know-how and the knowledge. Um, and to that, um, we put great emphasis on portfolio and on risk management. Um, so the, the human capital that has uh, the knowledge to overcome uh, the difficulties and the challenges that uh, we face every day uh, in our industry. Thank you, Ronis. Let's proceed to Mr. Heiberg for, for his view on the topic. Thank you for being invited. I am partner at Soul Shipping. We do sale leasebacks. I think, as Aristides said, we are lucky that most markets are doing fairly well. I also think that uh, the current order books and the current yard capacity also indicates that we might have reasonable good market going forward. Probably not fantastic markets, but at least sound markets that will uh, service the investments. Thank you. Uh, back to Ronis. Ronis, um, in the context of the shipping industry cyclical nature, what investment strategies would you recommend to achieve sustainable returns for the investors? Um, thank you, Andres. Um, Sorry, Steve mentioned um, all the markets currently um, are looking uh, good. On the other hand, we believe that there are certain markets where the uh, vessel values are quite high. Um, so after um, that is also uh, an opportunity for uh, either disinvestments or uh, deleveraging and uh, being able to realize some of the gains um, the upsides that we've managed to achieve uh, through this period. Um, but um, currently we believe in more structured transactions, uh, private ones, either backed up with a charter, um, private placements, um, and more structured transactions that 
just steel acquisitions. Thank you, Ronis. Mr. Pitas, in the recent years, we've, we have been observed uh, a notable performance in the stock price uh, of your companies listed uh, on the NASDAQ. What financing methods have you found most effective in supporting your operations and growth strategies as ship owners? Additionally, how do you currently view the industry landscape for bulk carriers and containers? Are there specific trends or challenges you foresee that could impact these segments in the near future? Andreas, you asked everything in two questions. Uh, what is the dry bulk market going to do? What is the container market going to do? Why has our stock price appreciated so much over the last couple of years? That's too much. Um, I'll talk a little bit about uh, our stock price. The stock price appreciated because we were in markets that performed well, both the container sector extremely well and the dry bulk very well. So obviously our stock price appreciated. Also, I think it appreciated because it started from a very low level. Uh, I think it has taken quite a few years for us to be able to convince the shipping markets that uh, we act very, very prudently. We are there for the long term. And uh, the fact that uh, our family is more than 50% owners of the companies, therefore supporting them fully and uh, being, uh, having common interests with our common shareholders. I think the markets have started to grasp that and they are giving us the credit of the resilience over the years and over the crisis. Uh, so, uh, as we all know, the decade between 2010 and 2020 was a very tough one for, for the shipping markets, uh, for the dry bulk market, for the container market as well. We had uh, probably the overordering of vessels, which happened uh, just after, uh, you know, two, 2005 and 2007, du during the, the you know, the strong performance of the financial markets and before the crisis. This overordering, you know, 60% of the order book uh, was the order book uh, on both dry bulk and container ships. 60% of the existing ships, all these, they hit the next decade. We had a bad decade. Things have changed. I generally anticipate uh, a relatively decent uh, decade uh, this, uh, f for these 10 years. Thank you. Um, going to the financing options uh, subject, uh, Mr. Hans, how has the role of uh, traditional bank financing uh, evolved in the shipping industry and what alternative financing options are gaining the traction? I think that uh, financing from banks, it is there, it is very important for the shipping industry. Although we see that uh, the banks are probably focusing more and more on uh, tier one uh, clients and maybe also have less to lend. Uh, therefore, we see also alternative financing coming into place, leasing being one of them. The other is private lending. And then, of course, there are bonds and equities. Uh, we think, and we are in the leasing market, the sole shipping, and we see that as a growing market, and it can be a good alternative for ship owners in terms of flexibility and also in terms of leverage. And we see that we have more and more clients asking for our product, and uh, we hope this is the way forward. 
Thank you. Um, Ronis, taking into account that uh, the recent uh, years, Pelagic Partners um, um, had uh, extremely good results, can you share examples of uh, successful investment cases uh, in the shipping sector and what's uh, your strategy in order to continue their successful returns to your investors? Thank you, Andras. Um, as mentioned before, the diversification is one of them. Um, close monitoring of the operation, but also um, finding the right time to exit. Um, um, it's the main drivers uh, of our strategy. Um, we've also um, involved currently in a project with respect to the offshore market, which is an area where we believe that uh, there are great prospects to it. Um, we have entered into two new building vessels for CSOVs, which are um, dual fuel with um, um, biofuel and methanol, uh, and we're going to serve the wind industry. So we believe it ticks a lot of boxes when it comes to um, ESG, and it's also uh, believe something that the investors um, look for. Um, uh, so having said that, um, we uh, continue to uh, invest in the traditional uh, shipping, but we also uh, trying to find new markets and new opportunities. Thank you. Uh, move forward to technology and innovation. Um, Mr. Pitas, what role does technology play in uh, transforming the shipping industry? And how can investors capitalize on this trend? Well, perhaps I'm not the right guy to, to answer this question because uh, I'm, I'm getting old and uh, technology runs so fast uh, I have difficulty in the following it, one. And number two, uh, our traditional model has been really following the good things that happen in the market and, and not being so innovative and taking the extremely high risks involved in uh, adapting early new technologies. Some of them work, some of them don't work. Anyway, the bottom line is that indeed technology has already proved to be extremely helpful uh, in optimizing the performance uh, of the vessels and uh, we, we, we follow that and uh, we like it and we see it. Uh, we have uh, done numerous studies on, on our various vessels to see how we can improve their fuel consumption. Uh, and uh, I, I'm very happy to say that we've done quite a few retrofits on, on vessels of ours and seen very significant results uh, in uh, improving uh, the, the consumption of the ships. So, but that's one part of it, helping uh, improve the efficiency of the vessels, uh, helping improve the quality of the crew on board is also one thing where technology has uh, really assisted and that is essential because we need crew on board our ships and we have to make the life easier and technology helps in that as well. So it does help in many, many ways. Um, as it always had, 
It's just that it's happening a little bit faster because we live in such a faster world these days than, than previously. Thank you. Mr. Heiberg, um, please let us have uh, your view and your opinion uh, regarding these uh, from your perspective. I think that the, the issues of uh, emissions is, has been gaining more and more force the last uh, few years and it's just getting stronger and stronger, meaning that uh, we have to look at counterparties uh, willing to invest in technology in order to improve um, for emissions. Also, as I did this is saying, for crew, for everything of the operations of vessels. It will come stronger and stronger, and it's, uh, we see it all over in society. So it's, uh, it's key to have technology as part of the, your business. Thank you. Um, Ronis, how, how are digitalization and, and automation influencing the cost and efficiency of shipping operations? I think it plays a, a crucial uh, role these days um, and it's transforming really the, the shipping industry. Um, we see um, increasing efficiency, automations, um, data analysis when it comes to route optimization, um, uh, real-time monitoring, both cargo and, and operation. Um, so in general, um, thorough um, look into these new technological uh, advancements, uh, it gives a competitive advantage um, to a shipping company nowadays. Thank you. Um, Regarding regulatory impact and environmental considerations, uh, Mr. Peters, um, with the increasing focus on sustainability, what opportunities do green shipping initiatives present to current investors? As I said before, uh, it's risky. Everything that has to do with uh, new technology is risky, but the rewards are huge. I mean, you see it in other sectors other than shipping. I mean, you see the technological stocks, uh, uh, you know, going through the roof. So it's a risky business, uh, but it can be very rewarding. But for every successful venture, I, I can assure you that there are quite a few that have tried various new innovations, technological, that have not worked. Thank you. Um, moving to risk management, uh, Mr. Hans, what are the main risks associated with investing in the shipping industry today, and how do you believe that can investors effectively mitigate these risks? There are many risks, and many of them we know, the market going up and down, and the currency risks, etc., etc technical risks. But I think what is coming and what we see is uh, there are two, two main things that we are thinking of at the moment. And one is um, how to handle emissions and the other one is sanctions and AML. And I think in terms of emissions we need to be ahead of the curve. We look for counterparties that are ahead of the curve and are willing not only to talk but to do the job that needs to be done in order to satisfy future restrictions. 
And when it comes to sanctions and AML, it's, uh, it's becoming more and more difficult to navigate. Sanctions used to be sort of binary. Either you break a rule or you don't. Now you need to prove that you've kind of worked within the boundaries that have been given, and the boundaries are often not clear. So I think the key way to mitigate is to have... You need a good KYC team in your uh, operation. You also need due diligence advisors to help you. And of course, uh, you also need to work with your lawyers constantly. It's also, this is also good business for the lawyers. Thank you. My next question goes to uh, both uh, Ronis and uh, Mr. Pitas. Um, how do you, geopolitical tensions uh, like the Israel conflict and the war in Ukraine uh, influence the investment decisions and uh, risk assessments in the shipping sector? Ronis? I was going to add to um, what Hans said before with respect to uh, risk management, and, and that's why we uh, create a big emphasis of it uh, as a regulated fund. Um, the last four or five years from the outbreak of COVID pandemic um, to the Russian-Ukraine war, um, you name it, we have seen every few months something new uh, coming up. Um, we know that usually these are opportunities for the shipping and um, driving the market, uh, but it's also uh, a risk management aspect that, uh, that you need to take care of uh, and ensure um, that you have all um, whatever is required in place uh, to be able to secure your investment. Yes, uh, when, when we all do our uh, analysis about uh, the various projects that we want to undertake, we obviously don't know what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> so all the analysis that we do, that the banks do when they give us a loan and all that stuff, we generally base ourselves uh, around uh, historical average earnings, values and all that stuff. Uh, but the truth is that life is very different and uh, this business is extremely cyclical and one of the main causes of the, uh, causes of the cyclicality is, is exactly the geopolitical incidents that happen. So uh, and any analysis that one does, uh, he has to put in a, a fat portion of, of margin in, and, uh, in order to feel safe that if something bad happens, you can survive. There's nothing better than a strong balance sheet uh, to base yourself. In shipping, my experience is that uh, if you have a strong balance sheet and you can handle the storm when it comes, then you will emerge as a winner at the end. So perseverance is important. A strong balance sheet is the most important thing to have. It's a very cyclical and risky business, and that's why it's, it's, it's really important. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Hans, regarding uh, market trends and uh, forecast, um, what are the short-term and long-term trends that investors should be aware of when considering investments in the shipping industry from your, from your perspective always? Difficult question. 
Um, I think what we look at now and see that kind of makes sense for us is that uh, the yard capacity is fairly low. The ordering of new buildings has not been great. And the lead time to get a new building now is fairly long. And the number of ships, at least in certain segments, above 20 years of age is fairly high. So we think on that basis that just to continue to invest and look at what in the current market seems to be reasonable deals is the right thing to go for. Thank you. Uh, Ronis, what's your um, view and insights on this? As I mentioned um, before, um, you need to do active uh, portfolio and risk management and uh, being able to monitor uh, the markets, um, enter at the right time and being able to exit and realize uh, gains when there is an opportunity and not be greedy um, when it comes to realizing gains. Thank you. Uh, running out of time, I would like to have uh, from all of you, based on your experience, uh, what is the biggest lesson you have learned about investing in the shipping industry? Mr. Aristides? Well, I think I said it before, uh, ha have a strong balance sheet is, is extremely important. Uh, the very simple thing that uh, we learned uh, at school, buy low, sell high, so easy to say, so difficult to execute upon. And, uh, and that's it, really. Thank you. Hans? I would also say the strong balance sheet is, is, is the key. And uh, be diligent and follow the investment closely and be on top of sanctions. Thank you. Ronis? Um, having a strong balance sheet definitely helps. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think also very important is the human capital and knowing your people what is their strong point and which, uh, obviously, um, you cannot know everything. So if you focus on areas and uh, types where uh, your uh, human capital has uh, most knowledge uh, of um, can gives you competitive advantage and can outbeat the market in certain areas. One more thing I wanted to say is that you have to be in the market in order to capitalize of any opportunity. So be invested at, at all times you never know when the good markets will come. My better deals that we've done were all when I was not really sure that they would be so good. Thank you, thank you. Um, in one minute each, please uh, let us have your final thoughts and uh, closing remarks how you see the future of uh, the industry and investing in shipping. Uh, I am very optimistic generally about the future of the industry. Uh, ships are needed to transport uh, the, the, the cargoes around the world. We carry 90% of the global cargo. 
so this is something that will continue. It's not a business that is going to fade. It will be there with the ups and the downs as we have always had. But, but the business uh, we all will always be there. It will change, it will, but uh, I think that uh, there is uh, capacity to adapt to the changing uh, require, worldwide requirements. So I, I'm, I'm generally very positive, uh, very positive. Thank you. I agree with the adaptation. We've um, had the long discussions the previous years with respect to Mbala's water treatments. Uh, systems, for example, from high sulfur to low sulfur, and the market has adapted. So uh, the market will find its way um, when it comes to decarbonization, alternative fuels, um, ESG in general. And um, I agree with the previous panel that um, if we focus on having a sustainable uh, plan and sustainable investments, there is a great future in front of us. I think the current fundamentals are good. And I think that if you can adapt to the requirements that we see coming, I think you know, we, have, we have a good future. But the main worry maybe is that the world is becoming more and more polarized. And this may of course impact trade and it may impact stability. And we see both with Ukraine and with uh, Gaza that uh, as long as these uh, issues are contained where they are geographically, things are reasonably controlled. But if we get out of control, then um, we have a problem. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I know that uh, you may have a few comments or uh, anything to add. If you finish, I just want to add a bit more flavor to this uh, whole session. Um, historical, I'll mean, spend a few minutes. Um, an old company, RNK, we're going back maybe 50, 100 years. They both, they're cousins. They went down up to Rotterdam to go and see two ships. They were compatible ships, similar, similar size. One was a bit of a rust bucket in a bad condition, and the other one was in better condition. So they, when they both arrived there, the uncle realized that his nephew was more keen to buy the ship which is in better condition. And he mentioned the following. You going by the good ship, and I'll buy the lucky one. So effectively, that's the kind of a, a scenario which I'd like to bring into the equation about the real lack of logic at the end of the day. It must be a certain amount of perception. Uh, you've got to be lucky. You've got to believe in God and have faith in what you're doing and be a hard worker. But I, all I can say is that my own personal experience, I've found many situations in the past where all for, my, for myself and for friends of mine where sometimes we've made money for the wrong reasons. Other times we've lost money for the wrong reasons. So I don't particularly think that this business is overcome by, by logic. I think it's lots to do with passion, with the uh, perception, and how you feel about something. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yes and no, I think, is the answer to that. Uh, one has to really do his uh, research, his work, his analysis, his studying, uh, study fundamentals, study everything. But as we said before, you know, you never know what happens in the world, so things might change around. But in the long term, if you do your work correctly, you will be able to survive. One or two lucky deals 
might help some people start off, but then you have to really be concentrated in, in, in working on your business. Got a point. Or they say in the stock market, same in the shipping, buy the rumor and sell the fact. Correct. Um, I would like to extend my sincere thank to um, each of you sharing your valuable insights and uh, thank to Capital Link. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.